Welcome back to another episode of the Easy Speak at Speakeasy 330 Podcast with your hosts, Rich and Tom. You wish upon a star makes no difference who Gronkowski, you and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have just won the Super Bowl. What are you going to do next? Welcome back. Well, here we are, the week after the Super Bowl. Valentine's Day. And did you know who the uh, narrator of that commercial is? Mark Champion. The one and only Mr. Mark Champion. That's uh, I think I remember the story behind that. And if I'm not mistaken, he just kind of like went on a whim blindly. He's like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. And then they're like, oh, we love you. It was, if I remember, it was right after the Lions pretty much fired him. Yeah. And he was looking for a gig before. That's probably one of the most notable gigs you can have, right? Sure. I'm that guy yeah. that hey, says after every yep. Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And that's the one probably commercial that everybody Looks forward to seeing that it queues up, you know, shortly after the game is over with. So yeah, oh, yeah. that's a pretty good gig for him. Yeah, and so Tampa won. And out of from last week's Super Bowl edition, <laughs> I'm sitting across from a gigantic <laughs> loser. Lou who's a Lou who 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 who's there? I admit def- I admit defeat, and uh, I'm not proud of it. Yeah. Uh, but I something tells me that I'm probably not the only one on the planet that. That had Kansas City winning, but um, well, not it, at all. It wasn't the case. They got their asses kicked. Yeah, and you know what? It's funny is there was a bunch of different uh, prop bets that were out, and one of the prop bets was if Patrick Mahomes would not throw a touchdown. It was like some un- ungodly. Oh. And the thing was, is through the whole playoffs, the guy was good, mm-hmm. and that that prop bet. I think there was only one other time we talked about it in a previous one. There was only one other time that he never threw a touchdown pass. In a game which happened to be against our Detroit Lions, yeah, but it's—I mean, it is the former regime. Yeah, I mean, it's—I mean, it's absolutely crazy that. Hey, kudos to anybody who mm-hmm. said, you know, I'm going to throw a little bit of money on there and everything like that. It, it wouldn't have taken a whole lot to win a no. whole lot. That was—I <laughs> mean, that's an insane prop bet when you think about it. Just because it's Super Bowl and normally, depending on who's there, everything like that, they normally ball out on that. Sure. Uh, Another prop bet, which I think, my personal opinion, I think it's absolute bullshit. I, this has got to be the biggest joke of a prop bet because there is no way. There's no way a sports book's going to take this, and there's no I, way that a bookie's going to take I, I this. Don't, I don't see it either. I don't. So the prop bet was it was a 750 to 1 odds that somebody was going to streak the Super Bowl. Allegedly, this is all alleged mm-hmm. because really we don't know. Right. But allegedly, some guy put five or $50,000 up that there's going to be a streaker and it was and it was this guy that went streaker. on the street and he and he walked away with 374 it was 375,000 
minus a thousand minus dollars a thousand to, get to get him out of, out of jail. jail. So, but you know, if that's the case, kudos to him. If that's all it takes, but he looked like a complete and utter jackass with his little man thong. Uh, it was like bathing Borat. Suit. It was like Borat running down the field. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I wish I could find it again, but I think I, I can't remember what platform I saw it on. But somebody had dubbed up. Like he's at the forty, he's at the thirty. Oh no, no, no! He's at the ten. That was that was um, the radio voice, uh, Kenny Elber's brother. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, and he was actually calling it as he was running. <laughs> it, he's he's been known to make some calls like that. It, it, it he's he's a riot. He uh, basically did the play by play before he got upended at the goal line. It, it was pretty funny to hear. But yeah, I mean, I who knows if that's true. If it is, hey, more power to the guy. He's he walks away with a lot of money, but you got to have a lot of money to, or a lot of balls. But the other thing that I don't understand is there's always a streaker. So why would the odds be that high that there's going to be a fucking streaker running out in the Super Bowl field? There always is some jackass that's going to run out. You know, he's trying to pump his website or do some shit, or some website puts him up to it. But that, that, I don't know. I don't. I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm I mean, there's. It. I mean, there's like no way possible. I mean, <laughs> I mean, so I I got it right here. <laughs> At three to go, someone has run on the field. Some guy with a brawl. <laughs> and now he's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. He's being chased. This guy's a legend. He breaks a tackle from a security guard. The 20, down the middle, the 10, the 5. He slides at the 1, and they converge on him at the goal line. <laughs> Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. <laughs> that, was, that was Kevin Harlan. Is who Kevin was. Harlan, yeah. that's right. That oh, will man. go down. That quote will go down in infamy for... Uh, just like, just, just like uh, uh, the the coach of the uh, Oklahoma State, talk to me. I'm a man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm forty. I'm a man. <laughs> or like Alan Gun or or, or Alan Iverson. Practice, practice. Man, we talking about practice. Mm-hmm. How the hell am I going to make my teammates better by practicing? Or the uh, <laughs> the old coach of the Colts, playoffs. Jim Mora, playoffs, playoffs. We may not win a game. Exactly. Playoffs. Yep. Priceless. <laughs> so, so I mean. So that prop bet is just absolutely ridiculous. You know, if the guy did it, hands down, that you're a, you're a fucking genius. <laughs> but but then that, going forward, it fucked it for everybody else sure because no, there's gonna be no, no there's God, gonna be absolutely no. nobody's the, gonna take the, that prop bet. The NFL is gonna be like, yeah, don't even think about it. These sports books, yeah. But hell, that might that might have been the most exciting play of the, of the whole game. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Well, between Tom Brady throwing two TDs to Gronk and then one to Antonio. Well. This game reminded me a lot of the the Green Bay game. Um, Brady went into Green Bay, and he you know jumped off to an early lead, and he, and he basically that team showed that they weren't afraid to be on the field with with the Packers, and they did the same thing this time. Yeah. They they ran down and 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 he he went to what he knows best. He used Gronk, and and they got the early lead, and they took that momentum. and And Kansas City just it they never seemed. They never seemed comfortable. No, out there no. Outside. It just it just seems like like they were afraid to, to make a big play or or do what they were known to do. And 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 Tampa Bay basically 
took advantage of it, and they 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 picked their their spots, and they hit, and they got out to a really big lead, and they never let look back. And what one of the things that really stood out for me is you could really tell that there was the ailments behind Mahomes well, sure. in his injuries. He, offensive line, he yeah, the offensive line. They were missing a couple. Uh, they were gentlemen. missing. They were missing two guys on the O line. Uh, but what really, I, I, in my opinion, what really screwed them, Reed basically remaneuvered like his guys. He brought tackles in at guard yeah. and he switched their sides instead of just bringing in backups to replace the guys that were missing he rearranged the line and and so you had you had guys playing positions you had not three or four to. guys out of position that they they're they're not trained to play and and to do that in the super bowl that that's that's a tall task yeah. and, and with that defensive front that tampa brings they ate them up yeah. i mean i have not seen mahomes under duress I mean, some of the throws he had to make well, where dude, he was vertical, he was like parallel with the ground, oh, and he yeah. still threw a dime. I mean, it's just he was he was he was ch- running for his life almost every play. I mean, Tampa Bay just they dominated every aspect of that game, and you know I was wrong, and uh, I'll eat crow. Yeah, good thing we didn't put any money on it. No, no. So let's just keep in tune with football here. Uh, so we've talked about it before. Stafford, he is going to be traded once the new season yeah. opens up. So he's going to be traded. He's going to L.A. Goff mm-hmm. is coming here. We're getting some picks, which I think in mm-hmm. the long run is really going to – it's going to give us a better chance in this retool, right. as they'll call mm-hmm. it. Because they haven't come out and really said it's a rebuild. It's a retool. Yeah. You know, however you look at it, how you look at it. But, you know, the guy was here for 12 years. He stayed out of the spotlight when it came to terms of media and – you know the guy's not on social media. Mm-hmm. He's no Twitter, nothing. His, his wife, though. his wife, his wife gets yeah. on there, but they're they're leaving after twelve years. But they're also leaving a legacy behind. And sure, they teamed up with Mitch Album, and they are um, Mitch Elbaum. They're 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 <laughs> donating a million dollars for a project called the Kelly and Matthew Stafford Friends Education Center. And they're and and they've also called on corporate corporations and people and everything like that. And they still got another million dollars they got to raise in order to make this project. Yeah. So uh, he's he's trying to do what Portnoy did. You know he, um, it, it it's not only just for children and stuff like that. It is um, for people who are seeking to get a GED, job training, and I, stuff like that. I, I think I, overall for a whole community in some of the areas around the Metro Detroit area. They they need oh, sure. a they they need an outlet and this is going to be a mm-hmm. this is going to be a good outlet for them. Well, it's a lot like what PK Subban did when he played in Montreal. Montreal, you know, he he built that hospital and he he devoted a lot of his time and his money there, and then he got traded to Nashville. But that didn't stop. He no, still he, he, he still poured out, and you know he started doing it in Nashville, and and you know he'll do the same thing in New Jersey, but. I, I think it's wonderful what he's doing. He's laying his footprint. You know, he spent 12 years here. But the biggest thing that I take away from Stafford was the one thing, and I think most Lions fans can can attest to this, is he was never the leader. You never no. see him get – I mean, occasionally he would get hot on the sidelines, but he was always just kind of like just laid back. And, and, and But, you know, but here's the, you have to look at it from this way, from the perception of what we see on yeah. the TV and – But you in, never – in, in media, 
you know, there's a lot of teams that are when what happens in the locker room is really tight lipped. I get that, but you, you know, know I want to see I want to see passion like I like what you see from MCDC. Yeah, like that. I I want my quarterback to come in and be that guy that's going to hold his players accountable, yeah. and it just never seemed like he. But we had a coach that had fire like that at one time too, and he almost got his ass whipped by Jim Harbaugh at the fifty yard line. <laughs> Schwartz, Schwartz. <laughs> I thought you were going to go way back to Wayne Fontes. Oh no, Wayne Fontes. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. probably the greatest greatest coach in, in our generation. Yeah, I mean he was he was one of the go. Also, an article just came out about how um, how how Stafford loved playing for Jim Caldwell. And he and he said and rightfully so he said in, in the in the interview that you know he understands why the Lions made that change, mm-hmm. um, right, wrong, or indifferent. Obviously, it obviously backfired and blew up in their face. But he understood, and he said at first his relationship with the old regime head coach. And and for you listeners out there uh, who haven't been listening the last couple of weeks. We don't say that name anymore. Yeah, that name it is, has zero significance. Yeah, it's nothing to come out of our mouths. But that's, but you know, he said that their relationship kind of blossomed, I guess, or they they were they were they were on better terms than what it looked like. Yeah, it, that it it was surprising to hear because, especially hearing that his one and only request. Was to not be traded to New England. That yeah. was the only place he said, "Don't trade me." Yeah. So I think the the um, the the gist was that he just didn't have a relationship. But here's his quote: He said, "He and I had a good relationship, no matter what anybody wants to say. I could go into his office and talk to him. He could get me on the phone whenever he needed to. I think we both grew in that relationship." I have a lot of respect for him and who he is as a football coach and as an unbelievable mind. Now, I tend to think that Stafford, who is somewhat of a savant, can appreciate his uh, rocket scientist yeah. aspect of a mind rather than his decision-making on the football his field. His football intellect, but right? Say what you will. The, the former regime just... It never seemed like the two of them were on the same page. Yeah, and, for sure. And then here's you know the, the other thing that comes out this week that Joe Lombardi, who was the OC here you know a couple of years ago, and he was let go uh, mid season after the the bullshit <laughs> non pass interference call into the playoffs against Dallas. He came out and said Stafford just he never grasped the playbook. He 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 had a difficult time understanding the playbook. So he had to call plays that he knew Stafford could understand. And then the next OC, uh, Billy Joe. Jim Bob Jim Cooter. Bob Cooter, yeah. That's Jim Bob. Him Billy, Billy Joel Cooter. Jim Bob kind of said the same thing that, you know, I was limited to what I could play because um, our quarterback didn't really understand. So what the heck? hell is he going to do going into L.A. against with the Sean McVay, I'm smarter than everybody else playbook? No, no, not, that's, that's, an, that's an unfair statement. Well, it's an unfair statement for this reason. McVay, to me, the perception is, is that he's a guy who's going to design plays and call plays that's going to tailor the guy on the field. Well, you would hope that, yeah. yeah. Joel Lombardi 
I'm sorry. He can he he rides the coattails of Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Sure. Drew Brees. Drew Brees does not need <laughs> does not need Joe Lombardi. No. In you know. I think Jim, he rides the coattails of his grandfather yeah, too. <laughs> oh, for sure. But that's I mean, only time we'll see. Because McVeigh wanted him. So we'll see. So there's probably something that he sees that, you know, we don't necessarily yeah. see, but you know. So more things about the Lions as we get going here. Our man. Our man. Ah. Oh. Him and Rob Sims rolling on one up. Megatron. With that mega bong. Oh, yeah. He's making it. The new entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. Much of a trade entrepreneur of weed products. It's <laughs> going is going into the camp. National Football he's Hall gonna, of Fame. He's going to be forever enshrined. Yep. At, as he should. Ohio. As he should. Oh, my God. Well, you, you, you figure that the weed game wouldn't be such a bad idea for athletes like Gronkowski did it. But have you ever seen Calvin Johnson's hands? Oh, yeah. Ugh. You're catching fastballs from uh-huh. Stafford? Yeah, in <laughs> the jugs machine? His, his fingers look like L's. There's like three of them that look like the letter L. Um, yeah. So I could see that man... Uh, Struggling a little bit. Yeah, yeah. he probably um, is in a little bit of pain. and he a little bit. Needs a little THC mm-hmm. to uh, fix him, but I, good for him. I, you know, I, I ain't hating on him. Oh, no. Two former Lions yeah. keeping their money in here, you know, he, locally. He still lives, he yeah, still lives here. That's a testament to... This area, you know, a lot of I, you know, friends with the former lion who you know, he's not from here. He's he's from Alabama and played here, played in Tampa Bay, and he laid his roots here because you know he loved the area. So it's cool that these former players are st- sticking around, and especially with Calvin, who you know, God knows he his relationship with the team. Oh has, yeah, for sure has uh, not been so good, but. Apparently, him and O'Sheela paid that man his money. Have had some pretty good talks and pay, pay him his money. Yeah, give him his money back. Well, that I think, I think for for Calvin, it's it's acknowledged that you were wrong in this situation. I don't think he even needs the money. I think he just wants to say, "Hey, we fucked you. We want you back. We we want we want you going in as a lion, which clearly he is. But we want you to be humbled and." Uh, excited to go in as a lion. Like, and, we, like, we want you to come back around. We want you to be a part of the organization. Absolutely. I mean, it took Barry, you know, several years. Now he's part of the part of the organization. Oh, and, yeah, he's doing interviews. And he's, and, oh, he's all over. He's, yeah. you know, he's always doing whatever he can to pump the team. But definitely an a awesome, awesome thing for a, for a receiver for the Lions to go in if nine years in the league, who was clearly the most dominating force. Yeah. I mean, teams had the game plan for him, and and you saw there was a I forget who it was. Somebody put a picture on Twitter. It was a former DB, and some of these young receivers that claim they're the best and this and that. And uh, uh, well, this guy kind of called them out. It might have been Juju, you know, you yeah. know, tooting his own horn. But this former DB um, basically showed a picture of Calvin. He had three guys. On like yeah. playing man, three guys on the line of scrimmage, and like, have you ever had that? And yeah. still, and still caught the touchdown. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was against the Browns too. That was a. I was at that game. Yeah. That was the Matt Stafford. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, he blew his shoulder out game, and then 
through, got the two. Got his cock clean. Uh, he did get yeah. his cock clean. Yeah. Yeah. But they, he went in and filled that. <laughs> filling holes. Oh, yeah. He did. He did. Which is what uh, the Detroit Lions need to do in this year's draft. They yeah. need to fill. Fill some holes. Lots of holes. Yeah. Um, so enough on the Lions because it's like sometimes it, we, it feels like we're just beating a dead horse. J.J. Yeah. Watt asks for a uh, a release from the Texans. He's like, I'm I'm done here, mm-hmm. you know. And I ten years down there, he uh, he did very well. Yep. And and Houston needed some good publicity. Yeah. And then uh, so he went and uh, it was a mutual parting of ways. He went and he approached the uh, the ownership and was like, Hey, I'd like I'd like I need a fresh start and everything like that. So you know he went on the Twitter to. Uh, you know, to let everybody know, and uh, here it is. I wanted to do this on video uh, as opposed to putting out a statement or doing a press conference or anything like that because I want you guys to hear it directly from me. I want to speak directly to you and the city of Houston um, so you can hear the words straight from my mouth. Um, I have sat down with the McNair family, and I have asked them for my release, and we have mutually agreed to part ways at this time. Uh I came here 10 years ago as a kid from Wisconsin who'd never really been to Texas before. And now I can't imagine my life without Texas in it. Um, The way that you guys have treated me, besides draft night, I mean, you guys booed me on draft night. They booed. uh, Love this guy. Every day after that, you treated me like family. And I truly feel like you're my family. Um, Since that day, I have tried to do everything in my power to work and earn your respect and try and make you proud on and off the field. Um, You guys have given me everything and more, and I can only hope that you feel like I've given you everything I have. Um, The city of Houston has been unbelievable to me. It's where I met my wife. Um, It's where I've met lifelong friends and my teammates. Um, I've had incredible coaches and training staff and equipment staff. Sounds heartfelt. Cafeteria workers. Everything he does is heartfelt. uh, The front office people. That's what you get from him. People on the streets, people in restaurants and grocery stores and showing up at my house. um, With pitchforks and flames. I will never (laughs) ever take that from (laughs) him because I know how rare it is. Showing up at his house. He might. Very well could be. excited and looking forward to a new opportunity, and I've been working extremely hard. so yeah, so he's you know it was his farewell to you know to Houston the fan the fan base sure um, that t- that fan base deserves a lot better than what the ownership has given them you can you can put all the onus on the players but you know it's bad when you got two players especially two players of the caliber of JJ Watt mm-hmm. and Deshaun Watson who are like uh, one's like trade me the other one's like just let me go. It, it it really makes you question ownership. You know what really is going on in Houston that these players want out so bad. And I do like the fact that they granted him this opportunity. Yeah. But the reality is, it's going to cost Houston a lot of money to keep him because his contract was a bit high. Are you talking about? Uh... If Watt would have played there this year, I mean, it would have cost him a lot. So now, I mean, Watt did, does him a, does them a favor by, you know, he's being released. So yeah. it, it's yeah, not going to cost had, so much on the cap. He and, had one year left, so. Yeah, so, I mean, it, like I said earlier, 
Houston needed a little bit of good publicity after, you know, what they're kind of doing to Deshaun Watson. And Well, they came out and said, uh, just because you asked for a trade doesn't mean we're going to give you one. That's pretty much what they came out and said. But but then you you do the flip side. It's like, well, okay, well, why are you releasing J.J. Watt? He asked for his release, and you're doing it. You know, it's well. I I think is you got a ten year player who was oft injured. Yeah, that's true. And you got a guy who's a a stud quarterback that they don't want to lose. <laughs> but they, they 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 just signed yeah, to a pretty, last year a pretty lucrative contract. What four hundred and fifty million? Yeah, some god awful amount. But like so, but but here's the, here's the thing you look at now. Those two guys, very pro, uh, prolific players. Mm-hmm. It's not about money to them, no. As you can tell, they got it, their contracts. But yeah. like, look, it's a culture. Thing. This this situation blows, right? And I want out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't blame them. It's. I mean, I think it started with Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien was <laughs> that guy was a puddinghead. He's he's a coach just like the former regime here, like like the smartest guy in the room, or so he thought, and. You know, he was the coach and the GM, which is a huge mistake. And Houston just seems to have bungled from day one their head coaching. Uh, and then look at who they just brought in. A 65-year-old uh, assistant head coach from Baltimore who, yeah, I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, at, of the guys that are available out there? That's who you pick, yeah. This is the guy, you, you, and you want to talk about pissing off uh, Watson even more. And here's well, and the thing that pissed him off is because he wanted to be involved in any kind of conversation with it. He is, and he should he have is, been. He is the face of your franchise. You paid that man four hundred fifty million. Pay him. Paid that man his money. They and did. They did last they did. year. They paid him his money. So to me, he's the fucking CEO of the team. Yeah. And he needs to be involved in every decision making from coaches. To players. Yeah. Um, period. You're going to invest that much money into a guy that tells me one thing. I believe in that guy. True. And his opinions. And clearly, uh, the Houston Texans have given the big old middle finger to uh, Deshaun Watson. And, and I think that has really played a big role in, in J.J. Watt wanting to leave. Yeah. So I'm not trying to uh, get off topic on here, but uh, I, I kind of missed out on the opportunity – Yesterday, to be on a um, to be on a, f- a friend of mine's podcast, it's called uh, the Difficult Question, and I I'm kind of pissed I missed out. I watched it yesterday. I'm kind of pissed that I missed the chance of being on it because their question was: is there was eight people on the panel. You got to watch it, but eight people on the panel, and it was said, "Do you think pro athletes make too much money or get paid mm. too much money?" And I'm like, man, I would have loved to have been on there. I would have loved to have been on there. Everybody said no. Oh really? Everybody, the eight guys on there said no. Are these all sports fans? Or? Sports. It's a mixture of a lot. One guy. <laughs> one guy was a former player. Okay. So he was like, "Well, of course he's." Gonna he's like, "No, nah, I don't think they get paid enough money and everything like that." I, I would have been on there. I'd be like, "Yep, they get paid too much money because they get paid for what they've game. done." Yeah. They, no, it's not even that. They, they they get they get paid for what they've done. You have a hell of a season this year. We're going to pay you yeah. big money. Next year, you shit the bed. You're, you're but you're get still cut. getting paid yeah, big money. Sure. Well, you're still getting paid big money. If you're in the NFL. You get that guaranteed yeah. contract, yep. you are still getting mm-hmm. paid. Yep. No matter so what. So really, you only have to play for one year, yes. and then you get paid. And yeah. I mean, look at uh, going way back uh, in a different sport, Bobby Higginson. Oh, my God. Who um, had an unbelievable year. What Yankees wanted him, so what does he do? He used that as leverage, got a mega deal, and um, never did a Gosh darn thing anymore in Detroit. My my nephew 
every, Donzo. A, 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 that a, was his favorite player. Every every Friday on payday, this oh. is him at the bank. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was his, uh, him and Dean Palmer. Remember oh, that guy? oh boy. But yeah, yeah, I mean, that's interesting that a panel of eight all, eight, they all, all said, said that. No, they don't. That, man. You know, they, so, they, that, so that was like the question. They wanted like the short answer. So they did the short answer, and then they went, and then they kind of went more in depth. And they, they, dude, it was good. If you get a chance, yeah. watch it. It's on YouTube. I'll send you the link. Yeah. Um, so we got that going on. Urban Meyer goes and starts his, his tenure down in Jacksonville. He starts hiring all these guys. You know, it. granted, I'm, I want to say he, he's probably, my personal opinion, some of the guys, he's kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. Well, But you go and you hire a guy. <laughs> <laughs> How here's another uh, you go hire Chris be, Doyle. You but think about it. His relationships are in college. Oh yeah, for sure. So not all college coaches are going to pan out turn to be, out to yeah. be good pro coaches. So I don't think his relationship level in the pro level no uh, there's not there because clearly he goes and gets Daryl Bevel as his OC. I mean, uh, well Let's let's be real here. Let, no, let's let's be real. Daryl Bevel is not a bad offensive coordinator. He does make foolish calls, sure, play calls, especially like in, in, the, Super in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Hey, we got Marshawn Lynch. We need one yeah. yard. What yeah. are we gonna do? Oh, we're, we're gonna, gonna throw do, it. We're gonna throw it. We're gonna throw it. And gets intercepted by Malcolm Butler. Yeah, that somebody took credit for that play. Dumbass. But. <laughs> So he goes and he hires uh, Chris Doyle, was a former uh, coach at Iowa. As, like, as early as it was like 2019. It was like uh, grand opening. Grand closing. Grand closing. <laughs> all on the same day. Yeah, so he hired this uh, the former uh, uh, strength and conditioning coach at Iowa. And uh, he, there was a lot of backlash to him because the guys had some allegations against him. Um Former players, former come players, out. you know, African American players coming out alleging that he treated them negatively, negatively and unfair because of their race. Doyle departed from his position last June, mm-hmm. and the the Fritz Pollard Alliance executive was like, "This hiring is just absolutely unacceptable. This guy has got multiple, multiple, multiple complaints against yeah. him for the guy's integrity and how mm-hmm. he handles and, and treats players of minority race." and that's not something that the NFL wants. You can't have that, especially with the the Black Lives Matter, and it takes all of us, you know, mentality that yeah. that they push this year. Oh yeah, you have a coach coming in. So <laughs> if I'm a if I'm an African American Jacksonville Jaguar, knowing that guy coming in, he's going to be my. I'm you. You might as well call the agent and get me the fuck out of here yep. because I'm not. I'm not going to play for this clown. Oh, for sure. You know, and you know they. They were against the hiring, uh, but you know, Urban Meyer comes out and makes a release that I've known Chris for close to twenty years. Our relationship goes back when I was in Utah, and he was a number one strength coach. He was doing uh, sports performance before sports performance became a priority in college athletics. I've known him, I've studied him, we've had a relationship. I vetted him thoroughly, along with our general manager and owner. Feel great about the hire, about his expertise at the position. So we vetted him thoroughly. Sports performance is going to be high, high priority. As it really in the last 10 years, certainly at Ohio State, it became, if 
not the most important. You know my relationship with Coach Mickey Myrody at Ohio State, but this whole strength and conditioning. So pretty much what he said, he goes, I vetted the guy, yeah. and we, we thought he was a good hire. To me, in his eyes, okay, yeah. if, if you think that's going to be best fit mm-hmm. for you, mm-hmm. but for the image of the NFL, especially, and you know what, and, and absolute kudos, kudos, kudos to Doyle for quitting because he's like, look, no. I don't want to bring, mm-hmm. hey, you guys are in the midst of a huge rebuild right here. Yeah. I, that I, that, that I don't could want, derail it right oh, there. Oh, God, yeah. You know, you, you go in the draft. You say, say you want this guy out of Iowa. Mm-hmm. And the guy comes in. Nope. You Eat can it. pick me. I'm Eat not it. Playing. Yeah, yep, I'm like, not I'm, I'm, we're not playing for you. Well, let let's face it. Urban Meyer has a track record of uh, oh, yeah. coaches. Uh, for example, Zach Smith, who is their receivers coach yeah. at Ohio State, mm-hmm. who uh, regularly beat his wife, and his wife pretty much reported it to Urban Meyer's wife. Who then reported it to Urban Meyer, and and yeah, he swept it under the rug until he couldn't sweep it under the rug anymore. So that rug uh, got real full. Let let's let's face the, the the truth of Urban Meyer. He's he's a bit dirty, and I'm not saying that because uh, I'm a Michigan man. I'm saying it because his track record kind of speaks for itself. He's he brings in players that. You know, aren't aren't the greatest uh, integrity wise, oh, yeah. and his some of his coaches have been less than desired. So for him to start his NFL tenure on a rocky start by bringing in a, a friggin' bigot doesn't surprise me. Yeah. But yes, kudos to Doyle. Yeah, he uh, if he deserves any kudos that he recognized that it, it all it would take is me being on this team to to fuck up the program to, to derail so, it all. And so they moved on. He moved on, and and hopefully that won't. You know, interfere anymore with the progression that they're going to try to make because they put a lot of money into Urban Meyer. Yeah, and a lot of yacht yacht trips, especially when the (laughs) especially when the draft's coming up now. Mm -hmm. You know, and what Trevor Lawrence looked like in his pro day with a jacked up shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think if there was any doubt, it was squashed after his pro day. Yeah. He's he's the man, will be the man, and he will be impactful. Just like you know, I think you know Joe Burrow will be. Yeah, he'll right off the some right off the rip. Mm-hmm. He's going to be for sure. Yeah, as long as he stays healthy, stays upright. You know, well, he went in. He's having his non-throwing shoulder mm-hmm. operated on, yep. which is he said he'd be ready for training camp. Yep. Um, so they can they have to build that offensive line to protect him, yeah. and if they can do that, who knows? Yeah. They have a pretty good receiver core down there. Oh yeah, I, with yeah. the DJ Chark, 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 and and not only that though, they got like seventy five million. Oh, the they've got a shit ton of money and yeah. a lot of picks. So there's definitely the only thing shitty about the Jags right now is their stadium. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty shitty. It's a toilet. <laughs> it's a lot of. It's like a, a stadium built back in the seventies. It's all concrete. Ooh, yeah. it's not not nice. So I'm excited to announce that today. Guess who's back on the hardwood? The Michigan Wolverines. Very much so. They're playing right now, actually. I'm watching it. As, I'm watching it right now. It's right over your shoulder. Three weeks. Yeah. No not, basketball. Still ranked number three in the country? Uh, no. What the interesting thing was, uh, there was zero outbreaks in the athletic department. 
But what I heard yesterday, what I read yesterday was amongst students, they had the highest breakout of the new variant amongst students that were on campus. Oh, okay. And uh, Washtenaw County was a hotbed for is it. The, in the state of Michigan, Washtenaw County has more cases of the new variant than any other county in the state. So, And the, a lot of them were students, so... I, precautionary. I, I agree. I agree that they probably did the right thing, even though there were zero um, cases in the athletic department. So it's going to be interesting, and I think the odds makers um, are a little unsure how they're going to do because Michigan beat Wisconsin earlier in the year by, I think, 35. Today, they're favored by a point. So yeah. well, will that three-week hiatus hurt them? Or do you, do you like the fact that we're you know a couple of weeks away from March Madness tournament time and they're healthy, yeah, they're, they're they've got fresh legs. So it'd be interesting to see as they're they're playing the the badges from Wisconsin right now. Yeah, they're um, down by three right now. But you got to expect that they haven't had any yeah. you know head to head competition. But oh no, I agree with you. I, I I believe in Juwan Howard, and I think I think as a uh, a Metro Detroit fan base were a lot of hopes <laughs> rest, yeah. resting on the, the boys in maize and blue on the basketball court because God knows. The East, the, Lan- East, East Lansing has had a tough go oh, this year. They got mollywhopped last night again. Yeah. again. You know, it, <laughs> you feel for Izzo. You wonder how much more he can uh, uh, take down there, down off of uh, uh, I-96, but... Ooh, it's it's a rough. It's been a rough year for them. They're not going to make the tournament this year. It'll be the first time in how many years? I think the the last time that they didn't make the tournament was ninety five. That was Izzo's first year. I think they made the NIT. Ugh, the year they I probably graduated. asked Izzo to fire, but this is. I mean, Granis is probably him. I'm not fucking leaving. No. <clears throat> I, yeah. And there's been a lot of rumors throughout the years that he's going to go in the NBA. I'm telling you right now, his coaching style it will never going to fly. Look at John Beeline. John yeah. Beeline, you know. And Beeline, Beeline's a player coach. Yeah. And it just didn't work. I don't, he, just, I, he, he made a couple questionable comments. We'll just put it that way. I don't like getting into that, but he made a couple questionable comments, and the whole clubhouse turned on. Sure. I but I never I, I never agreed with him going into college no. or into the pro game because I thought he was just such a such a uh, master of building kids and and he built the Michigan program to what it is right now. Uh, clearly, Michigan is a basketball school, and Juwan Howard has kind of taken what he got from Beeline, which he was handed a, a pretty good situation. And he, he hit that transfer portal pretty hard. Yeah. Well, hey, you do that. Yeah. In, in this day and age, you have to do that. And and you bring in a guy who bled maize and blue. Yep. He nineteen years in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh part of the one of the greatest uh teams. Uh oh yeah, classes collection, yeah, collection of players in the history of the game. Changed the game. One of the one of the best uh, thirty for thirties is the Fab Five. Uh, yeah, they, they they were definitely a, a group of a group of guys who who dogs thugs 
Uh, nobody, nobody really, aside from Chris Weber, nobody really gave two shits about. And and these guys played street ball. They did, and they got on that court. They wanted to wear their black high tops. They black wanted to socks, wear the they wanted long to wear shorts. the long shorts. Yep. They didn't want to. They and, didn't want to wear the John Stocktons around. Nope. Nope. And uh, it's one of those things like. And Steve Fisher's like play. It's, hey, yeah. <laughs> win games, play. I just remember watching it when I was a kid, and you don't really realize what you're watching. You don't realize it until years later when it, it's talked about as like. Game changing, generationally changing, oh, for sure. And it, you you take things like that for granted. You you like Barry, uh, Calvin. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you you just you don't realize the greatness until it's gone. And and it's just man, that team was great. So you you take him who was who was pretty much the he's the center. He wasn't really the floor general, but he was kind of like the the elder statesman of the group. Yeah, the most respected. I think he was like. Uh, more clean cut, and so you take that guy and you 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 put him in charge of your of your team, and and he has got players that would have never come here otherwise. They're coming in, especially next year. Their their class coming in is huge. Yeah, and, they got a good class and, coming in. And if it does one thing to me, it, it should motivate the shit out of Jim Harbaugh. To, you know what? We're we're second fiddle now, and that that can't that's not the case. it can't happen in Michigan. No, no, definitely not. But you know, you just keep keep winning basketball games and everything like that. And I think this that three week layoff is going to be a little little tough on them, but they'll get the legs underneath them and. They're, they'll be fine. I mean, you come you come out your first games on the road against Wisconsin, and and yeah, they'll be fine. Yeah, I don't think if they lose this game, they're going to lose uh, any ground in the no. rankings because the, the, they're going to look at the fact that they haven't played in three weeks. And so, but so there's a lot weighing on that team, and I and I hope things will well for them in, coming next month. So and then the, the the they said that the March Madness tournament is going to be held. In its entirety, in Indianapolis, every game will be in Indianapolis. So you're gonna, they're gonna spread it out. They'll play at Butler. They'll play at uh, um, what? Where do they? What do they call it now? Where the Pacers play? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> it's been like 15 names. Uh, but they'll play where the Pacers play. Um, obviously, like I said, they'll play at Butler. Uh, they'll stretch it out. I guess there's a there's a huge complex somewhere in the Indianapolis area where. They're talking about playing. Obviously, the, the the final four will be at Lucas Oil. Yeah. So um, that think that's pretty cool. You know, it's kind of like the the birthplace of college basketball. So they're that's like a bubble too. Sure. And so they can kind of keep everybody together because the way Indianapolis is laid out, I don't know if you've been there. Like everything is like in a four block radius. You oh, can okay. you can literally go to hotel to hotel, go anywhere and never touch your feet on on the sidewalk. It, it's it the design is really cool. Very underrated city. So you can kind of keep these players in a bubble like atmosphere mm-hmm. in the downtown area. So yeah, that was that was some news that came out, you know, within the last few months that that's what they were going to work on doing and and frankly, the NCAA can't afford to not have the tournament again because they lost their ass yeah. by not having, by not having last it last year. year. So this way, it it, it kind of eliminates the travel, the, the 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 teams coming from across country, you know, intermingling different areas. So you can keep them all in a concentrated area. Now I wonder when they when when they come in if they're going to do any type of uh, like isolation for each team. 
that's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know how you do that with college kids. Yeah. Give them a curfew, and you know, you you punish them if they if they you know, kind of like how they did with with uh, the NFL. You know, you said okay, you can't go here, you can't do these things, yeah. and, and and if you do, like the NBA, if you do, you know, you're going to go into a quarantine. So if you if you go to uh, go to uh, the uh, the gentlemen's ballerina clubs, <laughs> and uh, you, well, you're going to sit out for ten days. The, 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 like, the gentlemen's club, yeah, like like uh, Harden did at the start of the season. Yeah. But so I, I think there's going to be a lot of stipulations. I don't think you can keep them uh, from going to certain places, but I do see them saying, "Okay, you're going to have a, a, a ten o'clock curfew. You can, yeah, if you, you go into a bar, you can go to like." Buffalo Wild Wings or some shit like that. You're not going to go to a club. You can't do this shit. But you know you're here for business. So I think I think the coaches are going to kind of take that role of all right. You, you, you get caught. You're you're going to get you're going to screw yourself. So, yeah. but yeah, that that's going to be cool to watch. See how that's unfolded. Yeah, and the early brackets that they got that they put out. You know, they always do some speculations right around this time of the year. You know, you got your region one, two, three, four. They got region one. They got Gonzaga, Houston. Iowa, Texas Tech. You know, you got Ohio State in Region Four, Texas, uh, Virginia, Villanova. I mean, you got you got some good teams. Yeah. So it's definitely going to be interesting. It, it's, you have you have the Big Ten showing up. Oh which yeah. The Big Ten normally usually is the powerhouse conference in college basketball, and these these early brackets are definitely an indicator that there's a lot of love for the for the the, the B1G yeah conference so it's going to be fun to watch for sure um hockey what do you think about this next weekend yeah that's going to be fun to next watch week, I know where I'm going to be at <laughs> where I'm going to be at the uh speakeasy mm-hmm. We got some outdoor games in Lake Tahoe. Yeah. I, you know, right now, I, I doubt I would call my nephew right now, but he's probably sleeping. Look, I saw a Snapchat from him from last night. Looks like he uh, overindulged a little bit last <laughs> night at the bar. So my nephew lives in Reno. Okay, well, he lives in Sparks, which is close, yeah, to right outside. And as soon as this hit the, uh, um, as soon as this hit that they were going to do these games, yeah, he sent me a text right away about it. No fans, but there's going to be outdoor games. Before we move on. Um, we're going to talk about overindulging. Uh, Andre, the motherfucking JP Giant, overindulging in Nashville. Holy shit. Have you seen his uh, videos oh, God. that he's been posting? Yeah. Uh, the, the dude got to Nashville, I think, Thursday. I don't think he slept at all. I don't think he he stopped drinking the whole time he was there. <laughs> so I can't wait for those stories. Oh yeah, we'll have him on in a couple of weeks. We he's, got, we he's got driving home right up. now, and 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 there's a good chance he's going to hear this here real soon. So I, I'm sure he'll get a good kick out of that. But yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen some some of the videos he's posted. I yeah. mean, Nashville's a fun place. I don't. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. It's a fun place. It's uh, to quote uh, uh, Val Kilmer in Top Gun: dangerous, dangerous, very dangerous. With a little teeth chatter. Oh yeah, so yeah, so um, so we got the outdoor games coming up. Uh, hockey, man, we've had a lot of postponements with uh, certain teams. Uh, you know, getting the COVID bug and stuff like that. Um, I just saw it today, right before we started going, Dandy Kaiser's on the uh, waiver wire now. 
Yeah. Ooh. And there's some he other, hasn't played a whole lot. Now there's a couple other guys on the waiver wire as well. Mm, well, I think they're trying to cut some contract. Dude. I don't. I don't. No, I'm not talking about. For, I'm talking about league wide. Uh, you know, NHL. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if anybody picks him up or that he gets. You know, he gets designated and stuff like that. I don't think anybody's going to pick him up because that contract is pretty steep. Yeah. Uh, given his production, the contract, the money that's owed to him, there's not going to be many people who are going to be interested. In him. Boston still tearing it up. <laughs> Toronto still tearing it up. Mm-hmm. Finally, finally. Tampa Bay loses a game. <laughs> finally, finally, the Canucks are starting to come around. It took a little bit of time, but they're starting to come around. Same thing with the Oilers. The Oilers are starting to come around, too. Uh, I'm really liking what I see in that North, that Scotiabank North division, as they call it. I'm really excited about that division probably the most. The, Just, be- the beer store division? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm really excited about that division. Um, you know, the West you know, I still have a firm belief that it's going to be the uh, Golden Knights. Who will be playing yeah. against uh, the Avalanche next weekend that'll out be, in Tahoe. That'll be good. Uh, that'll be good watching there. And the Bruins are playing. Yeah. Bruins and Flyers. Yep. I mean, the Bruins and Flyers, I mean, it's been a really good uh, matchup all year. But, man, the Bruins look so damn good right now. And, like, you know, we talked before, you, you lost – Tory Krug and you lost uh, the, big, the big man and and they just keep rolling, which just goes to show you. Real quick, um, what do you think about Patrick Laney getting pretty much benched in Columbus? Um, do you think Tortorella is just like, or, or do you think he's just that big of a friggin' problem in the locker room that Tortorella's like, I'm not, you're not going to come here and play that shit, you know? And that's and yeah, I meant to reach out to another podcast that pretty much exclusively goes in-depth with the Blue Jackets and the Blackhawks. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Jesus. The guy he, comes over, scores a goal, made a comment to somebody in the locker room in between periods or on the bench and sat twenty six. the last yeah, 26 minutes of the game. He didn't have any ice time in the third period. Well, his his first game, he got he got a goal, but he also made a pretty stupid play that cost him a goal. Um, but I mean, you, you're a new guy coming onto a new team, so you got to expect, you know, you don't have that chemistry yet, but very interesting to see that, uh, his kind of reputation has followed him to Columbus, which, you know, John Tortorella is a no bullshit kind of a coach and he's not going to put up with that kind of, oh, for you sure. know, I'm better than the team kind of mentality. And, and, and it'll be interesting to see if the stories come out. Would it be interesting to see if he, if his ice time continues to be very, very low? Yeah, but, he's a superstar. But, you know, the thing with that is, is, is that was asked during the, uh, the post game about that. And Tortorella pretty much said, this is going to, it's an in-house no, issue. He's not. They, they, I mean, I get it. The, the, the journalist is just doing his job, but, that's the one good thing about athletics is it's all stays in the house. There, you're not gonna you're not gonna get a quote from the coach or other players. Oh, no, not him. Not, I mean, not granted, granted he's very outspoken. Well, but. and and as a coach, he's kind of worn his welcome out wherever he's gone. I mean, kind of wore wore himself out in New York, and yeah. they ran him out and. And and has he done the same with Columbus? We'll see. I mean, cause, but that's just shocking to me that that a guy comes on who has a reputation. You think he's going to come in and get a fresh start and 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 you know try to prove that he isn't a cancer in the clubhouse? And 
Doesn't take him long to realize that the guy's a fucking problem. Yeah. Oh. Um. So yeah. So in the uh, in the north, we're talking about standings and everything like that. You know, Toronto's leading the pack right now. Then you got the Canadians, and the Canadians have been well. They lost the last couple of games. Um, not by much though. But then you got the Ed, you got the Oilers, you got the Jets, you got the Flames, the Calgary. Uh, not doing so hot this year. No, that's kind of shocking, you know. And that one thing I can say is the Red Wings have more wins than the Senators. <laughs> well, that's not saying a whole lot. Yeah, that that team. But you know, it, 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 we got to trust in the Iser plan that they're going to come. Four through. wins, by the way, four and four, ten and two. Yeah, I know. As we uh, Senators only have three. Yeah, they're in the. Uh, they're in the cellar of the uh, Discover Card Central yeah. division. The fuck is I can't. That? I can't. I, do, I can't. I <laughs> Who can't. has a Discover Card, anyways? Come on now. Hey, it's the card that gives back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but yeah. So, uh, you know, we we got some more time to talk about hockey. Is it? It's. I mean, like I said, it's still in its infant stages of the of right. The, um, I think for a lot of these these teams that weren't in the bubble last year, like. Just kind of playing with no fans and getting that kind of, eh. I mean, but there are some teams like the Wings and down in Nashville had like two or 3,000 down there at uh, Bridgestone. But some, some cities are allowing fans. But I, I think it's an adjustment for a pro athlete that's used to, you know, hits the ice, the court, the field, whatever it may be. And they feed off that energy that the fans give, whether it be home or or yeah. you get a lot of these players that they feed off the booze and it, and it drives them some more. So when you're you're accustomed to having that ability to turn it up, mm-hmm. based upon the feedback that you get from the fans and and it just not being there, it, it's you know you're relying on your own skill. It's got to be tough. It's a whole other world, and 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 you're I think you're seeing it with a lot of these teams that just they're, they're not. They're not getting it right now, and, and, it, and it could come, but right now it's not happening for them. Yeah, I mean, it just <clears throat> it's just it's one of the we're like in the wait and see moments on this one. And and from what they're saying here in, in Detroit for the uh, the shithole that they that we call the Pizza Palace is, I think they're going to kind of reevaluate it here real soon to see if you know fans I, as 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 now. They're actually auctioning off like two packs of tickets, so you can you can buy tickets for the Pizza Palace right now, but you it's an auction format, so you get two tickets and you get a parking pass to go to the game. But obviously they're spread out. But I I, I only think there's five hundred five to seven hundred people in the can you arena. Imagine what that costs. I wouldn't. You couldn't pay me. You couldn't give me a hot and ready and a parking pass. To go watch that team play. I'm sorry. Not in that arena, anyhow. So, <laughs> But I think they'll reevaluate it. You know, once once March starts to roll in, the weather starts to turn, I, I, I do see towards the mid, mid mark of the season, second half of the season, you're going to start to see a lot more cities bringing in fans because, face it, these teams are losing money. And like we, we talked about you know, in a previous show, they, these owners aren't in business to lose money. No, not at and, all. And when you have – you have a, a a team that they're not making money because no no they're losing and so they're not getting the marketing value they're not getting the merchandise value, but team people will pay to go see them play because it's it's that 
piece of normalcy that everybody yearns for. So I, I really do believe here, March, April, you're going to start to see some, some fans roll in, which leads us into the, our next topic. Major League Baseball is really paying attention, I think, to what these other sports leagues are doing to decide how they're going to roll out their their fan participation. See, and with that one, I I want to feel it's a little bit different for the – it would be a little bit more different for the MLB because the stadiums are outdoor stadiums. I mean, granted, you got some dome stadiums and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but I think the open air – I think you're going to see fans there a hell of a lot quicker yeah, there, right, to start the season than and more, yeah. more. I mean, they'll be spread out, but yeah, but still, I, I think the NFL kind of set set the tone. Like, okay, this is the protocols, and they had a couple of delays, but they made it through a whole season. Catered no, to some teams, without question, without question. But the bottom line is they they made it front the beginning or from front to finish. Yeah. Without uh, any major in a championship, delays, yeah. didn't have any cancellation games. Uh, although they did play on a Wednesday, they had to rearrange some schedules. But all in all, after that week, there was no issues. Yeah. After that, I think the teams kind of hunkered I think, down. I think the hammer came down from oh, the league sure. to the teams. Like, hey, mm-hmm. if, you don't, if you don't get your fucking kitchen in order, right? So that I mean, I, I think like Major League Baseball is going to look at that and say, "Well, we're going to follow that 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 protocol and." And uh, I mean, baseball needs it. It's it's kind of on the downslope right now as far as popularity goes and attendance. Before COVID, it was at its lowest level. So, I think it's an opportunity for baseball to kind of get back into the uh, conversation again. And, and you know, Lord knows we need we need it, and we need to get out and try to get normal again. So, definitely looking forward to. Getting down to the old ballpark, hopefully this year. Yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, you know, that or get up to the tin roof and watch it from the rooftop. Yeah, there. that'd be fun. But you know, I don't want to, I don't want to dive too much into this because I got a guest that's going to be joining us probably in a couple weeks, um, who definitely has uh, his fair share of experiences with spring training. Um, but you know, we can touch a little bit on the on the Tigers. Uh, what they have done, what they haven't done, do we feel it's enough? I mean, I'll never sit here and tell you that it's enough. No. It's never enough. No. But, you know, it seems like, they, and they do this every year, it's like they kind of, they're stale. Like right now, they're stale. They're not they're, wanting they're, to spend money. They're very stale. They're, but but I, right before the season starts, we're like, all right, we're going we're gonna to go to the bargain bin. It's like, yeah. it's, like, it's like walking through Walmart. And going to the, uh, the the DVD bin that's got those you know three for five dollar DVDs. That's <laughs> or, pretty much the way the Tigers have been the last. Or couple the can years. of soup that fell down and the can is dented, so now it's only a quarter. What's that movie, Big Daddy, when he says uh, Microsoft's down three points and he's got the kid uh, smashing cans on the floor? <laughs> I, I will say one thing with their moves in this off season that I agree with is they brought back uh, Jonathan Scope who prior to getting hurt last year, to me, he was the, the MVP of the season. If there is such a thing on that team, which <laughs> didn't do so hot, um, Jonathan Scope was the one kind of bright spot. He was everyday second baseman. He was very serviceable, and he hit, you know, he hit, I think he ended up with 25 home runs or something like that. He, no, it wasn't twenty five no. home runs, but I mean he Well he 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 may have led the team in home runs, so 
But it, but there was a lot of question. Like, are they going to bring him back? Well, why wouldn't you bring him back? He he's he's still young. Oh, he had twenty three home runs last year. He did. Yeah, he hit he hit two fifty six, twenty three home runs, fifty nine RBIs. He had a seven seventy seven OPS in one hundred twenty one games. God damn. Um, I didn't think so. He did. And here's my thing: I didn't think he did that good. Well, shit. I mean, especially in a shortened season. I'm, Never mind. I was re- I was reading the wrong stat. That's oh. what he hit in 2019. My, oh, my bad. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, oh, in a in a short season, he, uh, he he balled out like that. Let me fix this. Yeah, please do. Batted 278, so his average was up. He had 23 ribbies, eight home runs, which ranked second on the team. That's it, it was like it. it was a shortened season. I read the wrong wrong <laughs> paragraph. That's fine. My apologies, but regardless, I you know he, I, he they got him on the cheap. To last year, and he performed, and I think he deserved another chance. And the fact that he was still there was a bit shocking. And I think he wanted to come back because yeah, he liked playing with Miggy, and I'm sure a lot of players like playing with Miggy too. So I, uh, I was a big fan before he got hurt. CJ Cron, he was hitting hitting the cover off the ball, and and he may be back. You never you never know. I mean, who's playing first base for for? They got Candelario. Playing, they got him slotted at first. Who's playing third? Oh, they're going to bring up Torque. No, uh, let me pull the roster up right now. Let me, let me pull up the depth chart. I got it here. Crone was, you know, it was a nice little addition last year, and yeah, had some, oh, had it was very pl- unfortunate that he, you know, that he got very fluky knee injury. Castro. Oh yeah, well. It'll be a platoon for sure, but I think one. Well, they got Harold Castro at third base, shortstop. They got him everywhere. I think one thing is is quite evident is they're going to let the young guys that you know need need game experience. Uh, you know, and I was really upset to see that uh, they uh, you know they had put Travis uh, Dermott on the waivers and he got scooped up by Atlanta. Hmm. I was kind of bummed out about that, but they their their future is pretty bright. I like their their potential, Casey Mize and oh, their other uh, prospect. Uh, what's his name? The left-hander, Scooble. Scooble, Scooble, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Tarek, Tarek Scooble, Tarek Scooble, Scooble, Screwball, whatever his name is. There's potential there. They're young. They're they're, and then they got Matt Manning, and so they've got a lot of lot of talent on paper. Like their rotation looks like this. Looks like Boyd, Scooble, Mize, Fulmer, Turnbull. Yeah, Spencer. Oh, he was their probably their top pitcher last year. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm surprised that they didn't uh I'm surprised I, I think they were probably asking the farm for Boyd. I'm surprised that nobody nobody took nobody took him. I'm not surprised. He, he did kind of fizzle out. He the second half in nineteen, he did shit, and he really didn't do shit last year. So I think it's it's this is his his year to prove it. Yeah. Clearly, they they went in uh, arbitration with him, and 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 he won his case. But yeah, um, his career is weighing on this year. It's it's put up or shut up. It's definitely uh, in the tiger uniform. But he had when he was hot. And this goes back to like Higginson we were talking earlier. Yeah. In two thousand, uh, early two thousand nineteen, 
end of 2018, he was a hot name, and, yeah, he and was there hot. was a lot of teams that he was wanted a him. He's a lefty, and that's why. Yeah, that's the, yep. the you know. But you know, I hopefully you know Fulmer is 100. percent You know, they were really cautious with him last year. Yeah, his pitch count was very low, which you know you, you like. And he came back. He but, and I, I think cheap that, deal. and I think they realized that. I think they realized we're not doing shit this year, but we're gonna, you know. We can throw him in there, let him pitch, you know, three, four innings. We'll, get him some work. We're not going to sacrifice right. his arm. We're going to let him. We're going to let him rebuild it the way we want to rebuild it, and we'll bring him back and see what he does. Well, they're using the Houston Astro method. Clearly, they brought in AJ Hinch, uh, which when Houston was hot, it was all pretty much homegrown talent sprinkled in with some free agent signings. Good coaching. Yeah. You know, say what you will about AJ Hinch. You know, uh, uh, garbage can gate, yeah. whatever. Uh, the dude can coach, and he's a former Tiger, and I, he's gonna he's gonna work out really well here, and he's gonna really get these young guys playing at a good level, and it, it's gonna be a rough summer. But the bottom line is, I, I think their their ceiling's pretty high, and I, I do like. The potential, you know, three years down the road, they they could make some noise in in this division. When you know, what do they got? They got one of the best. Uh, they got five of the top twenty yeah, five prospects in baseball. Prospects. The, they have more in the top twenty five than any other team. Which you know, you, you say that five years ago, they they might have had one in the top one hundred, and so they've done a good job building up their. Building up their farm system through through the draft. I mean, when you lose a lot, you get a lot of early picks. And I saw that Alex Fiedo is going to miss this year because he's Tommy having Johnson, yeah, and that's yeah. that's unfortunate because he's a he's a he's a big arm coming out of the University of Florida. They drafted him like three years ago, and um, that would you know he's somebody that's definitely in their their future plans. So. Like I said, this, the ceiling's pretty high with them, and I, it'll be exciting to see. Kind of like they were in you know, 2005, they were horrendous. And they came into 2006 with, with, a, with a really young, talented pitching staff, and you know they shocked the world. They went to the World Series, and unfortunately they weren't able to pull it off. But the fact that they got there two years after they you know, broke the, the loss record was, uh, I mean, that was a testament, you know. Also, that was good coaching, and that was believing in the talent they had mixed in with some veteran leadership. Uh, Kenny Rogers, Pudge, and, yeah. and Maglio. That and was such a. Fu- I mean, that was such a. That fun. was an unbelievable, unbelievable summer, and one I'll never forget. And, and oh but no, I definitely could, will never forget. That. I could only hope that we experience that again soon because it's you know it's it's it sucks when the Tigers are bad. I mean, it sucks when all the teams in this city are and right now they shitty, all suck. which they are, and it it makes for a lot of doom and gloom around around these parts. But um, when the Tigers are hot, it, it's it's exciting. It's it's definitely fun, fun to to witness. And so they've like it, I I like your analogy about. <laughs> Going down the 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 clearance aisle because uh, some of these guys they've they've brought in are definitely um, they're not front page no bargain bin guys they but, definitely are but who knows you know well, you know I think last year I mean I think Cron uh, was a late addition and so was Jonathan Scope mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, so then on the top 25, we have the, the Tigers have Torkelson at three. They have Casey Mize at 11. They have Riley Green. Yeah. He's, they have, he's an exciting player. They have Tarek Skubal and Matt Manning. I, I'd like to see Riley Green up this sometime this summer. He's exciting. He's he's very talented outfielder. You know, I don't know why they didn't have him last year uh, more. Hmm. I, I I think a lot of it is is at bats. I think these some of these general managers just they know that well they're not going to come up here and and get a lot of a lot of playing time. So I think they really rely on them getting their abs and 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 their experience down in the, in the minors. But the reality is. It's a bit of a different ball game when you're up in the big buildings, as Jim Price likes to say. Yeah, uh, big league pitching compared to uh, AAA pitching, it's it's a big difference. So yeah. I'd rather have the guy come and come up and and look like dog shit up here, getting that experience against major league talent, than you know going down in AAA and dominating. So I mean, to me, it's eh. it's a catch twenty two. Yeah. So really? hopefully he'll get he'll get some. Uh, Call ups here yeah. this summer because he's he's an exciting player. They they've got they've got a lot of young, exciting talent. So cool. they can put it together with some good coaching. It, it could be could be a fun summer in twenty twenty three. Yeah, twenty four. All right. Well, today is Valentine's Day. You got any special plans for you and your lady? Uh, well, we no. <laughs> I don't blame. <laughs> well, we she she got uh, her Valentine's Day gift a few weeks ago here. When, oh, okay. And uh, we we got engaged, but we went to the uh, Relief and Resource, which is in Fenton, Michigan, which is eh, eh short, just a little bit outside of the Flint area. So this place is um, it's pretty cool. Uh, Rich, I believe you were the one that told us about it. So yes. You, you walk into the El Tapo Mexican restaurant, and you walk up to. Uh, there's a Pringle vending machine, and you hit the original Pringle button, and the door opens. It's a it's a old school type speakeasy. You know we're in the speakeasy around here. You yeah. Know, if if you haven't figured it out, so it's 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 like an, you're going and you're getting a good drink and you're getting a good education on and how the drink is made, uh, where where the bourbon may have been made, and it's it's just a really cool atmosphere. So that's what we did last night. Fun fact, they are booked solid through the end of May so on you, the weekend. So when you made your reservation, how many people did you make it for for the next one? Uh, there is six. Six. I take it I'm uh, two of those six. Uh, uh, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. You were, you, were, you were the first two last night, but unfortunately you had your boys, so... Yeah. You weren't able to make it, but um, yeah, um, that's cool. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was really cool, really cool place. And and our listeners, if you're in the area, it's it's a little bit of a drive. But um, if you haven't been to Fenton, uh, you need to. Yeah, it's good. It, it's fun. It, you want to talk about uh, up and coming communities? There's a lot of restaurants booming in that area. It's really it's really on the up and up and. Cool place. That definitely is one you want to experience, and uh, uh, the drinks are pretty good too. Yeah, sounds like it. So ne- the next couple shows or whatever, I'm uh, next week uh, for all you uh, people listening. If you guys are uh, old collectors <laughs> of uh, 
baseball cards, hockey cards, any type of card, sports trading cards, memorabilia and stuff like that. I got two guys coming on next week. Um, there's a huge surge in that right now in that market. And I got two of the guys I, I would probably say that for me, they are very, very well knowledgeable and versed in that. And then hopefully uh, once we can kind of hammer down a date down or whatever, we'll really dive into um, spring training stuff and the ins and outs of that and, you know, what it takes to be a, um, a professional baseball player. I got a, I got a friend of mine who, uh, you know, he said he'd love to come on and, and, uh, and chit chat. So next week we got that going on with the, uh, sports trading cards and stuff like that. And we'll probably talk about a couple other things while we got them here, but, um, that's it. And, and we'll get a little bit more in depth with hockey as the season progresses. Um, I've got a friend that that wants to come on and talk hockey who will uh will blow your mind with his hockey knowledge for sure and and hopefully we'll have some other hockey related guests to come yeah. on the show again uh so there's definitely a lot of cool things on the horizon for yeah. for the the show yeah working on it so yep anyway hey well we'll do it again next week next week everybody have a good week and we'll talk to you later okay.